Hi, welcome back. This is the Midlife Crisis Task Force coming at you. I'm Rando. And I'm Poncho. And I'm Lefty. And tonight, we're going to do something slightly different. We're actually going to talk about stuff we like. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we also have to say a, a, a fond goodbye as well. So uh, let's get rolling with that. As we record this, it is January 27th, 2023, and it seems like Every video we've started this year, we've or ended, we've had to discuss a uh, musician who's passed away. It, it's, it's been a bad month for them. Um, last time it was Jeff Beck and Lisa Marie Presley, and I think a day after we or two after we recorded that, David Crosby passed away. Uh, so we're gonna have to pay our respects to David Crosby, former member of uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash, former member of the Birds, had several solo records. Good singer, really good singer, great harmony. Had a difficult life. Um, yes. Very tragic, difficult life. Uh, the fact he lived to be 86 years old is pretty amazing. If you live back in the early 70s, I think, and you put a bet on which musician would not survive the decade, I would think Keith Richards and David Crosby would have been at the top of your list, and they both made it Both made it into their 80s, which is amazing. Um, yep. He had a lot of struggles with drug and alcohol, um, a lot of struggles with depression, wasn't an easy person to work with, had a falling out with his bandmates several times with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, uh, but still was a great musician, big influence on a lot of people, and he's going to be missed. Definitely. Uh, yes. I've got a couple, actually do have a couple of his solo albums that are really good. Um, he, The vocals that he does with Crosby, Stills, and Nash are amazing it's it's a big loss and we're just running into more and more of those it seems like and yet keith richards keeps chugging along somehow mm -hmm. yep he keeps doing it <laughs> richards is gonna outlive them all i think he's probably the right. montague montague burns of uh, of the rock and roll generation uh, could be could be no kidding that's uh, crazy yeah man he's still got his original liver david crosby had his Transplanted in 1994, but um, I don't know. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Probably a rare thing in and of itself to live that long with a transplant. Yeah, yeah. Liver's a significant organ. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to clean himself up. He was a really bad alcoholic. Yeah, so and a drug addict. And drug addict, yeah. So. I heard him tell a story once. He had um, gone to a John Coltrane concert. It was high as a fucking kite, of course. And... He was watching Train play, and it was so intense, he started to lose it. So he went into the men's room just to try to calm himself down. And he's in there, psyching himself up, and suddenly the door gets kicked open, and in walks Train, still playing. And Crosby's in there like, oh my fucking God, because the acoustics were so good in there, Train was just still playing in, in, in the men's room. And he didn't even realize Crosby was in there. <laughs> Crosby, ah! <laughs> <laughs> And then he turned around and walked out, went back to the stage. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was going through Train's head. Where, where the hell's Crosby going? <laughs> I don't know. That's Let's funny. find out. <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, on to hopefully more pleasant topics. Um, guys, what have what what have we been watching, listening to? What do we what can we recommend to people? Um, well, if you don't mind, I'll go go ahead and go first. Go for it. Sure. Uh, I've been, as usual, I've been watching a lot of YouTube and watching a lot of, listening to a lot of music through there. 
there's a lot of great artists out there that are just making music and i don't know it's it's a lot of it that i've been listening to is folk americana kind of stuff and i just wanted to drop a couple of shout outs for some names and i just wanted people to go check out uh these people's websites if you get a chance um first one is carson mckee he works a lot with joshua lee turner which is another great musician and rena del cid I think I, I subscribe to her. She's yeah. got a really great voice. Her and her and that um, who's the lady she plays with Tommy, somebody. Mm-hmm. They have really right. good chemistry together. The two of them. Exactly, and um, I just wanted to drop a shout out to them because it's um, they're just really good musicians, and I just they get it. They go on tour and they go. Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. They, they're just regular kids. I keep saying kids, but they're probably in their 30s. But um, they go out. They do a lot of remakes on their videos. You know, just cl- a lot of classic rock, a lot of folk. And they're just they're really good. A lot of their music's uh, acoustic. And it's just a really good time. If you get a chance, you need to get, give them a listen because it's just nice little laid-back music, and it's just fun, and they're really talented. So I just wanted to drop that name out. One more, I guess it's more mainstream than anything else I just kind of stumbled on not long ago. Uh, It's a band called Blackberry Smoke. I never heard of them. It's kind of like Leonard Skinner and Meets the Black Crows. Oh. Soulful country rock, I guess you would call it. Interesting. We're going um, to see uh, an artist tomorrow named Daniel Donato, who mm-hmm. kind of falls into that vein. He's kind of um, old country meets the Grateful Dead. All right. Yeah. Okay. Really good. Really great guitar player. Really good singer. Really great guitar player. I've seen him once before. He opened for another band we were seeing, and now we're going to see him on his own tomorrow night. So it should be cool. fun. So that's right now. That that's my two main interests that I've been listening to. Um, usually. A, I take me down a rabbit hole. I start on one video and I go to another one and it leaks to a different one. So it's been really enjoyable. If you like that kind of music, if you like the folk Americana type music, I would highly recommend them. And for Blackberry Smoke, if you're a fan of the country rock blues kind of thing, definitely check them out because they're a fun time. Cool. Okay. All right. Who wants to go next? I'll go. I've been watching some uh, a lot of horror films lately, and cool. uh, one series that I've been uh, focusing on has been about a an evil villain, well, evil entity really, called Art the Clown, and he started in a shorter film called All Hallows Eve, and then uh, <clears throat> went on to uh, basically star as a villain in a feature film called The Terrifier, actually just Terrifier, not The Terrifier. I've heard of Terrifier. I don't know if you mentioned it to us or I've heard it from somewhere else, but I've heard of that film. But the interesting thing to me uh, about this film was it was made in conjunction with a Kickstarter campaign. Hmm. And uh, it was Kickstarter or Patreon or, or something. And, but it was crowdfunded and it was, it's one of those movies where, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the crew are pulling double duty. Like the director works on the special effects makeup. You know, the guy playing art might be doing some other stuff, and you know, the makeup person might be 
on screen for a little bit as an extra or some such thing like that. But they're all really involved and they're all given it their all. It does not feel like a student film and it doesn't feel like necessarily a, necessarily a, a cheesy film or, or a B film. It, they really put a lot of effort into it and they've had enough success with it that they made a sequel. Can you guess what? Can you guess what that title is? It's Terrifier Two, originally enough. Yep. Uh, Electric Boogaloo. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Every, every second sequel should be subtitled Electric Boogaloo. I agree. I say that every time. <laughs> whatever it is, to Electric Boogaloo. Is the first thing that comes to my mind. You're welcome, Canon Films. Yes. Um, thank, thank you, Canon Films. But the thing is, they uh, with Terrifier Two. They got enough budget to really go bananas with the kills. The only bad thing I have to say about it is it it the kills sometimes go on so long that it gets a little bit cartoony. Mm. But See, that's like, from my you. perspective. I've I've watched a lot of horror films, including these, and uh, the kills just kind of go on for a while, especially in Terrifier Two. I won't say anything because to, to say what happens will really give away the gore. And part of the reason I watch this is because I've heard that at, at premieres and whatnot, some people actually got physically sick and some people walked out of the oh thing. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. And I can see where that came from, but it's some of it is Art the Clown doing clownish things that become almost so gory and so crazy that it's almost cartoonish. As, But in, you know to flip everything full circle back on itself. It's also something you could imagine a demonic clown doing to be a clown. Okay. One scene involving mashed potatoes and a corpse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they're interesting films and, and, and terrifier two was made also in conjunction with crowdfunding and in conjunction with a, I'm thinking new-ish uh, streaming service for horror films called uh, Screen Factory or something like that, I think. Mm. But they're interesting films. Art is a is a very unique character. And there are some... I mean, in the first film, it, he's, he's just awful. In the second film, he's even more awful, but they put in some on-purpose weird things like how would a killer clean up after himself after he's made all his kills and he's covered in blood? So they have okay. a scene where art actually goes to a laundromat to wash his bloody outfit. And he's sitting there reading a magazine while his wash is going. And there's another guy in the laundromat just looking at him oh. like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> oh, is it Cause like, he keeps his clown makeup on the whole time. So is this like serious or is it campy horror? I mean, it's it's serious or it tries to be as serious as it can with a clown as the antagonist, with the clown as the slasher. Fair enough. But the clown does clowny things. And I think one of the most interesting aspects of it is that the clown never speaks, never makes a sound, even when he's in pain. Hmm. But that also makes when he's trying to be funny, even creepier, because his his teeth are all gnarled and, and, and almost bloody the whole time. And he'll sit there with this just evil little smile and he'll mime laughing as he's pointing to this horror that he just did. 
so it's it's an interesting aspect to that type of character it's an it's an interesting aspect to that archetype of a slasher killer so yeah i terrifier terrifier too if you like horror films you might really enjoy those especially if you enjoy gore because there's plenty of it <laughs> uh, that sounds good interesting interesting about you poncho what you got well, and keeping with my ADD self, I've kind of been all over the place. Um, haven't really been listening to a lot of new music. I so said we're going to see Daniel Donato tomorrow. I bought. I haven't bought many records lately. I bought not this pat, not this weekend. This last weekend, I bought a copy of Roy Buchanan's first record on vinyl. And I'll bet nobody listening to this has ever heard of Roy Buchanan. But he was a guitarist from the late '60s or '70s, uh, into the '80s, I think. Really great guitar player kind of how would you describe his 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 music lefty he's blues folk blues, a little bit of everything I just, yeah I, it's hard to i wouldn't put him necessarily in one style but no. i mean i guess if you want to throw something out there bluesy um folky kind of folk rocky yeah, yeah if you want to throw a label on it this album is mostly instrumental he has a vocalist on three or four of the tracks and they're like almost straight up country songs like yes, the, the guy who sings is like got a great country voice, but uh, but then more, but then the the instrumentals are more blues, folk, rocks type of stuff. It's hard to put him. Mean, he was a really good player. Um, sadly committed suicide, I think, in some time during the eighties, I believe. He's a, that that first album is really good. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good put down and just sit back and relax and listen to album. Yeah, yeah. I only read. I'd never heard of him until like a year ago or a year or two ago. But uh, yeah, have what have I been watching? Um, recently got a collection from the Criterion called the Samurai Trilogy. It's a series of three films by Hiro by Hiroshi Inagaki, starring Toshiro Mifune. Uh oh, that's got to be awesome. Oh, they are. We watched my wife and I watched the second one the other night, and they're really, really good. Different feel from um, Akira Kurosawa's films. But really good, really well done, and they're in color. They're from the mid '50s, and they're in color, oh, which wow. I was shocked about from a, a Japanese film from this this time period. I would highly recommend them. We're gonna have to sit in and watch the third one at some point, see how it ends. Uh, about a real life person, uh, Minamoto Masashi, who's a, who's a legendary figure in Japanese history. Hmm. Other than that, I've been playing guitar for the last six or eight months, six or seven months. And I've been this week, I've been trying to learn the intro to smoke on the water, which has been a challenge, but, uh, easy to uh, sing though. It's easy to sing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's two different ways to play it. I found one is an easy raise just on one string, but the proper way to play it is using three strings and like two strings at a time. Have to move. I mean, I've been the last few days. I've been trying to play it like that. Um, the website I've been taking, lessons from they have a monthly challenge and this month is learning the intro to smoke on the water so i've been i've been trying to get that to do the challenge so oh wow you'll have you'll have to demo that for the for the audience at some maybe point. i will maybe yeah, i will that's a good idea yeah, yeah definitely do that but other than that i've been watching right a, little, a lot of red letter media and a lot of mystery science theater but that's any pretty much any evening when my brain is starting to shut down i'll put on one of those two just because it's something yeah. mindless to Zone sure. out to exactly. You can mellow out to the whale song that is Rich Evans's laugh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 
ASMR right there, buddy. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, um, wow. Well, I guess we can just keep going another round here. Yeah, um, why not? Uh, I guess it's what we're going to go out of order. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> I, I was just I'm just following the screen here. So I was just like, okay, I'll go next. <laughs> go for um, it. Okay. Um, watched the classic horror movie the other day. I forgot how much I liked it. Called The Howling. I've never seen that, but I've been meaning to sit down and watch it. It's the original one. And I want to say I watched it like way, way back in the in the hey, I just got cable days. But you probably I did. If I if I did, I can't remember a thing about it. So I may as well say I've never seen it. Well, I'll tell you, this is how much this is how far back it goes for me. My brother gave me a laser disc player. Wow. When I was 15, maybe that he wasn't using anymore. And yeah, I had take four... a moment, take a moment to describe to our younger listeners what a laser disc player is. Well, it's a giant CD player that plays movies that it, the movies came in a giant plastic case. You had to slide and inside it. that plastic case. There was a CD the mm. size of a vinyl record. Yes, exactly. Never caught on, but I had like four movies that I kept watching over and over. The Howling was one. Apocalypse Now was the other. Uh, MASH was the third one, and I cannot remember the fourth one. <laughs> but The Howling, I always loved it. I love werewolf movies, my favorite horror genre. So that movie devolved. The sequels are very horrible, although it, it does have one of my favorite bad sequels, The Howling 8. Eight? I think eight? it's eight. Oh, yeah, it's filmed in Australia, and it's one of those movies. It's a bad movie, but it's one of those you look at. It, it's bad, boring, but it's fascinating to me because I'm like, the hell were they thinking? They were making this movie. It's just like, it's just like about this quick synopsis. This guy comes in. The guy, the guy that comes into town, he's actually from the second and third movies. How they, I think he was one of the writers on the movie. He comes in this town in Australia, and it's just one of those small towns. Like you see, there's like, no, you know what? It's not Australia. Getting that mixed up with something else. <laughs> you thinking Mad Max? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm getting it mixed up with something else. Anyway, no, it, it's it's like in the West because there's a bunch of country music. That's right. I mean, there's just random scenes of these people's lives. Nothing to do with a werewolf. Nothing to do with anything. They're just... Got to pad the film out somehow. They're padding the film out. A lot of line dancing. A lot of bad singing. A lot of bad acting. But it's fascinating to me. I want to get a copy of it. Because it's Burt just... Reynolds and John Voight walk through with a banjo playing uh, werewolf. <laughs> Not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that movie. <laughs> I would too. Yeah. That, but, um, that's a deliverance joke, by the way, for those who want to <laughs> But yeah, the that howling, would be an interesting line for a werewolf to say in English. Gonna make you squeal like a pig. <laughs> oh, just to give you a reference how old it is, Patrick McNee is in it. Whoa. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Wow. And John Carradine, but he is not wasted. He is not, he's, a, his, he's a lot in it a lot. But I really like his character. What little bit you get to see of him. Mm. 
uh, it was nice. To, it's nice to see him and stuff like that. Because if you go back to his older movies, he wasn't a bad actor. He just, I don't know what happened with his career. He ended up being in a lot of bad movies, though. Got typecast as a mad scientist, I guess. I don't know. Must be. Same thing happened Bill Lugosi. Yeah. He's a good actor, too. Got stuck in a lot of bad roles. And two quick shout-outs for music. Uh, I just bought the 40th anniversary, 40th anniversary of Jethro Tull, Thick as a Brick. Those uh, remaster oh, wow. series they oh, have. I uh, just got that. I haven't had a chance to sit down and listen to it yet. I'm looking forward to it. Those I I've have I've bought all of those so far as they come out and they've all been wonderful. I have a couple of them myself and they they've done a really class job on those. Yeah. I wanted to mention that real quick and oops see there was one more album I had listened to and it's it has just left my mind right this second. <laughs> Maybe I'll think of it later. Okay. Go ahead, Randy. All right. Uh, so, uh, kind of, first, I want to say this. I personally love Patrick McNeil. Uh, I do too. I, I do too. I, I picked up the Emma Peel collection of the Avengers on DVD. Had nothing to do with Marvel. It was an old uh, British spy uh, spy show, actually. A uh, little action uh, spy thriller type show called The Avengers, and it starred Patrick Patrick McNee, and in one significantly long run was uh, Diana Rigg playing Emma Peel. And they uh, had incredible chemistry together, the two of them. Oh, oh, they sh- they did. They they had such chemistry. All right, so McNee and uh is unmarried and emma peel was married but her husband was missing that was the whole thing the, the part of the gimmick behind the characters so when but they had as as poncho was saying they had incredible screen chemistry to the point where the fans of the show were like they were doing it they were totally <laughs> doing it and they and they were at some kind of q a thing together and somebody brought up the question you know did did uh, you know, did Steed McNee's character, John Steed, and Emma Peel, uh, did they, uh, you know, did they get together? And uh, they said something along like, you know, yes, of course they did, but they weren't the type to just sit around and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, if you see the show, you'll you'll understand what what we're talking about. Yeah, they they were fantastic. Diana Riggs character's name Emma Peel. Uh, is actually a pun because I was just about I was just about to say this. Yeah, uh, what was it? Honor Blackman, I think, was on her way out. Yeah, and they brought in Diana Rigg, and part of the reason they wanted to bring in Diana Rigg was that she was young, she had a fantastic looking body, she was very fashionable. Her care, part of her character attributes, is she often wore a black leather cat suit, which was awesome. She was also very, very physical. They didn't actually want her to be that physical to begin with, but she kind of took some basic judo lessons on the side and then started to just do it on camera, and then they just ran with it. But the whole point was that since the show's ratings were kind of flagging a little bit, they wanted to increase the appeal to men or the M appeal. M appeal. Oh, okay. Did not know that. Yeah. That's just an interesting link. And, And her run on the show... Aside from a few eh, episodes, it was actually really, really good, really enjoyable. Yeah, it's a really great, really great show. And oh, you can see some uh, some famous, uh, very famous character actors 
you know, in their early days, if you go watch that yeah. show. Uh, I haven't seen it in years. And I haven't. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Haven't the, uh, the Cybernauts. That was always one of my favorite villains on the program. Anyway, that aside, that's not actually what I was going to talk about. <laughs> uh, I, got a, I got a quick aside on this because it made me remember something from way back when. All right. Brando, I don't know if you were there, but this was way back in high school. We had another friend. I don't want to live. I know what you're about. Oh, yeah. I, don't want, I wasn't I don't there, want. but I know the story. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Do it. Go ahead. And, tell it. But he, let's say he was just a little gullible. A little is an understatement. And I was trying to, we were talking about the Avengers. And I think, you know, we were talking about the TV show, you and I. Yeah. Um, and another friend of ours was there too. Yeah. Right. And he thought we were talking about the comic book. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. I just started going off on this thing about, oh, yeah, there was a TV show back in the 60s of the Avengers. It was, you know, kind of low budget, but, you know, it wasn't bad. You know, it was, I can't remember. The only thing, the only joke I really remember I was saying because I bullshitted him so much is I said, Ricardo Montalban played Submariner. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. And that's and my then, absolute Now, at, at this point, <laughs> when he says this, me and our other friend absolutely lost it. Absolutely <laughs> lost our shit. I have never laughed that hard in my entire life. We absolutely lost our shit. And our but other this buddy we're talking about, he's still kind of not sure. Yeah, he was kind of still believe it. Not. <laughs> <laughs> oh I God, so God. remember that story. And even hearing that story the first time secondhand, I was doubled over laughing. You should have. <laughs> in there because he just he just kept going and he kept piling it on saying (laughs) that they had had um, a crossover with fantasy island oh (laughs) yeah that's that's right mr rourke had forgotten he had gotten amnesia forgot he was a a tidal wave hit the island and when he got wet the water hit him he remembered he was a submariner and he used his submariner powers to save fantasy island and that's (laughs) the point our friend realized he was Pulling his leg. <laughs> oh my god, that was so yeah. long ago. That yeah. was oh, funny. Shit. I I've never that. laughed that hard my entire life. Oh <laughs> my yeah. god. Oh good lord. Good times. Good times. All right. <laughs> back sorry back to you, Randa. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was I talking about? Oh uh, yeah. I, I wanted to give a. We're talking about music. Uh, I'll do that first before I completely forget. I had watched a movie, a CG movie called Appleseed, a number of years ago, and it featured, a, yeah, it featured a really awesome song in the opening sequence called Good Luck by Basement Jacks, featuring, and I'm going to try not to kill this woman's last name, but featuring Lisa Kakawa. Uh, she's got a very powerful voice, very soulful voice. Uh, it's it's an kind of a it, it tells kind of a sad story, but in a but it's also telling the story of a woman who's been beaten down, who's just not going to take her boyfriend's shit anymore. And it's it's got a lot of electronic in it. It's got a good hard driving beat. It's it's a it's a lot of fun. If you want to give it a listen, uh, just uh, search YouTube for uh, "Good Luck Basement Jacks," spelled J A X X. And uh, get ready to have your ears uh, blown off by this woman's voice. It's incredible. I, we have that DVD and haven't watched it in a long, long time. 
So I'd have to pull it out again. I'm sure I've, I've probably heard the song. It's surprisingly, it, it uses a lot of mocap and it still holds up even with the sort of dated character designs, the dated coloring for the fact that it's used as well as it is used throughout the entire show. It still holds up. It doesn't, it doesn't look necessarily as cheesy or as bad as some of the more quote unquote realistic shading and coloring that they've done in subsequent films. I can't stand to watch those films, but I can go back and watch this highly stylized uh, CG uh, and love it still. That's understandable as you reduces that uncanny valley effect and that can be really distracting. Oh yeah. Even with new movies when they do that with not you know, when they try to like de age characters and stuff, they still can't get the face quite mm, right. No, no. Yeah, they still kinda of look like animated corpses. Mm-hmm. Especially the Princess Leia and <laughs> well, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah. yeah. Tarkin was okay. Yeah, that was Tarkin yeah. was okay. But yeah, the Princess Leia was bad. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to shout out is a new old movie, Jackie Chan's Dragons Forever, has gotten a new, as far as I can tell, never before in the, at least in the United States, new release on Blu ray and in 4K in a nice box uh, with a booklet and a poster. Uh, Dragons Forever has got an incredible fight scene at the end. And I think this is one of the films where it's so old that it might have been originally like a Sammo Hung joint, but wow. now everybody remembers it for Jackie Chan because he and Jackie made several films together that were actually Sammo Hung films, but they featured Jackie in a prominent role. Even uh, Meals on Wheels, which is another great fight between uh, Jackie and uh, Benny the Jet or Kid is, uh, it's a fantastic fight. And I hope that gets us a nice Blu-ray edition too, eventually. But yeah, that was kind of a Sammo Hung joint that, uh, that featured Jackie and another uh, character, uh, Chinese character actor in the mix. Uh, the three of them, I think made several of the films together and they're really good. Uh, it, it, you know, if you, if you love the old Hong Kong action films, and especially if you love the old Hong Kong Jackie Chan action films. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Uh, yeah. I'll kind of tie the music and movies together. Uh, okay. I recently watched the Woodstock movie for the first time in probably oh. 15 years. The yeah, other night was added to the Criterion channel this month. Oh, wow. In fact, I watched it the day David Crosby died to tie that back in because I figured I've been looking for an excuse and that sounded like as good a time as any. Really great film. Great. Martin Scorsese was the film ed- editor on that. Was he? I, I did not know this till I read the, the trivia for it, but uh, yeah. And yeah. it was... I, Guess it was his decision to do the split screen for the performances. Uh huh. Or he was involved in that anyway. I think if you've never seen this film, it's in like a widescreen, like CinemaScope format. And a lot of times they split the screen in like two or three different sections in order to show the performers from different angles or they'll show the crowd reacting to the performances at the same time. Really innovative editing technique at the time apparently it was done because they had so much footage they couldn't include all of it and keep it within the running time which was still like almost four hours long and um they did that that in order to get in as much footage as possible yeah go ahead 
I used to work at a movie theater and I got to talking to one of the older assistant managers there and they were telling me that true CinemaScope back in the day, the screens were curved and they were so wide that it took three projectors to fill the entire screen. So they could have actually at the time actually made separate reels to go on a different projector. That could have been part of the technique. Might have been what they did. It might have been what they did. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But uh, this was, it was, it's a really good concert, really good uh, documentary about what was going on with the crowd and uh, the interviews with a lot of local people there in the town and what they thought and uh, some arguments between some of them about pros and cons of all these hippies kids descending on the place uh some great musical performances this is where santana broke through the who were there crosby stills and nash made their name here well they had had an album out and second time they'd ever played in front of people and here they are in front of three hundred thousand people yeah i think i think shauna na was there shauna na was there yes yes there were canned heat Jimi hendrix of course his famous star spangled banner there at the end uh really great movie if you have the patience to sit down and watch it. You, it's long, but you'll, guy, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, the, you, yeah, you you can almost watch it, quote unquote, watch it with your eyes closed just to yeah, just get the to performances. It. It's amazing. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've seen long clips of the performances, and those performances are out of this world. The one I can't remember is that is the guy that was just singing "Freedom" with the guitar, Richie Havens. Richie Havens. Yeah, I. Re- I couldn't remember his name, but I let me know since you've watched it most recently and see if you've heard this story. But the story I heard, though, was that he was playing and some snafu happened behind the scenes and they just kept telling him to keep playing. Yeah. And he was just playing and he was he was stuck for something to sing. So he just started yeah. singing Freedom. He ran out of songs to sing and he he made that song up on the spot right there and became his signature song for the rest of his life. Since I've started playing guitar again, I've been observing them watching guitar players, observing them closer, how they do a thing. I've never seen anybody play a guitar like Richie Havens. Really? He was just him and his acoustic guitar. He had huge hands and he would, I mean, most of the time, if you're fretting a guitar, your thumb is behind the neck and you use your other fingers to fret. He his hand was so big he could flop his thumb over the neck and fret, bar the frets, fret all the strings with his thumb going around the back of the neck and around and would play it like that. I've never seen anybody do that wow. before. He wasn't even fretting any of these. He just had his thumb across one thread and was just stringing along. I've never That's seen anybody different. do that before. I've seen wow. people wrap their hands around and fret, like play the top E string. But I've never seen anybody use their entire thumb around the neck. I mean, he must have had gigantic hands. I mean, his nails were huge. His thumbnails were just huge. Good Lord. Yeah. I uh, haven't seen that in years. I'd like to, yeah. I got a copy of it. I'd like to watch it again. I saw a video of a really interesting breakdown of Miserloo and how to actually play it. And I, ne- I mean, I love the song. I love how complicated it is based on what I can hear. But to see a guy break down and say, this is what's actually happening. This is how he's actually having to hit these strings in a weird order to get that sound out of that guitar. And I was like, he, he can't be human. 
Yeah. You can't possibly be human to hit those strings like that. And people who play 12 string guitars, I get down, down on my knees and bow to because I don't, Lord, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm just, I'm not that dex. I, I don't have that level of dexterity and I am in utter awe of, of people who can, who can master it, but not only people who can master it, but just the people who can even attempt to, to play it and, and play it reasonably well. I am in utter awe of Same here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess, I guess I'll about wrap that up. Yeah. That's update with us, what we've been listening to and watching. Yeah. We got some new, we got some new ideas for different stuff coming forward. I'm going to try to start reviewing some more, um, contemporary things. Um, yes. And we got an idea for a crossover with another podcast. So you may have some guests on in the future. Mm-hmm. Hopefully try to keep things interesting around here. Exactly. Uh, we will want to just keep you guys engaged and keep you listening. And we won't, we're just, we want to, you know, really get what we're doing out. And, you know, there's a lot of good ideas that we have and we're going to, we just like to share them, you know, that we hope you enjoy listening to us talking about all this. So the new changes and we say changes, it's just additions really to what we're going to be doing. We're still going to have our movies and we're still going to have our ramble, you know, rambling discussions like we did tonight. Um, but we want to, we do want to go somewhere dealing with something more modern, something that people can maybe relate to more or at least you know give our perspective on new things so that's where we're going with that yeah hopefully something someone other than people our age will relate to (laughs) yeah well yeah exactly i would like to have somebody younger listen to our show that would be awesome We'd love to have feedback, especially from some of the younger listeners. Any feedback would be any feedback would be appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Just let us know you're listening, if nothing else. Uh, we're hoping to, as usual, as I've been saying every time we record our fledgling YouTube channel, we'll be doing something. I just don't know what to do with it yet. (laughs) Um, we're going to get it out there, but there's other ways to get in contact with us. Um, so how can they get a hold of us, Poncho? We have a website, mlctaskforce.com. We're on still on Twitter at mlc underscore taskforce.com. I still haven't made a Mastodon account. We'll see if that happens before we put a YouTube up or not. And we have a Facebook group. So, and please join the Facebook group. We have like four members. I'd really like to get some more members. Yeah. We're here on Discord, but right now we're just really using it as a recording platform. Yes. We're so. not doing anything live yet, but we've been... We've been thinking about it. It's just what we can yeah. do. If we pick up some more listeners, we'll eventually start a Discord. Right now, I don't think it would be. No, right now it's not. No, yeah. it's not feasible. Down the road, hopefully. Do. Down the road, hopefully. Right. Yeah. But that's, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back again soon. Not sure what we're doing next, so we can't give you a real heads up, but. We we hardly ever know what we're doing next till we sit down to do it. Yeah, exactly. So, but we hope you enjoy. That's what keeps us fresh. Exactly. Yeah. Spontaneous. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But we hope you um, enjoyed listening, and I want you to keep listening. Like I said, reach out to us. Let's let us know what you think. Uh, we need that feedback. If you have any suggestions on things you might you think we might like to listen to or like to watch, then you know, drop us a line. Let us know. Right. Please exactly. do. Well, until next time, everyone take care. Have a good one. Peace.